One Golden and Weaver. If you've driven by there recently, you've noticed the really nice Woodvale subdivision. Homes uh, available. Builder Incentives. This is an Aller Building Company deal. I've talked about Aller Building Company and and uh, you know just the the benefit of of utilizing them from a number of of different angles. One, of course, if as a somebody looking for a home, you want a brand new home. You don't want to mess with the remodeling. Of course, part of not wanting to mess with the remodeling is the cost associated and the hassle of being in the home at the same time trying to have work done. But then also traipsing all over the place from this, you know, okay, we need new countertops, so we go here, here, here. Then we also need new fixtures, faucet fixtures. Well, that's a different store over here. All our building company crafted the showroom floor, so you can do it all in one place. So the combination of the showroom floor, the Woodvale development of Golden and Weaver, and the buyer's incentive. If you are in the market for a brand new home, I definitely recommend you check out Aller Building Company, O-L-L-E-R. Uh, coming up, we've got our author of the week. I think you're going to like this guy. Very animated. It's Crime, Inc. His, his book is about how Democrats utilize essentially the same tactics that the mafia uses, that these, these crime syndicates use. Uh, as part of their M.O. as the Democrat Party in this country. And this is coming from the perspective of a black man in America, being black in America in 2023. And how he got where he is in terms of his mindset is interesting uh, as well. So we'll ask him about that. Our author of the week, of course, always sponsored by ABC Books on North Glenstone. Right now, the latest news update. I'm Keller 10 and Fox 49's Jesse Inman. An evangel professor and his wife are back home after being stuck in Israel for nearly a week, along with two friends. Wave and Lacey Nunnally were flying to Israel when the war began. They lived in Israel for a year back in 1982 and have made multiple trips back since. At first, they didn't know the severity of what was happening, but it quickly became apparent they had to get out. Almost 100 people greeted them at the airport upon their return. President Joe Biden is set to address the nation this evening to discuss the U.S. response to the conflicts in Israel and Gaza, as well as the war in Ukraine. This comes as Biden has returned from a trip to Israel to speak to military leaders there, his speech from the Oval Office will begin at 7 p.m., and you can catch that on Color 10. For Color 10 and Fox 49, I'm Jesse Inman. The first alert forecast from Color 10 Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Sunny, 69 for a high today, mostly clear tonight, down to 48, and tomorrow sunshine, 73. That author of the week, sponsored by ABC Books in North Glenstone, next. Springfield's Talk 104.1. I'm Nick Reed, and it's Thursday, which means it's Author of the Week, sponsored by ABC Books on North Glenstone, and we are talking with author Vince Everett Ellison. The book is Crime, Inc., 
how Democrats employ mafia and gangster tactics to gain and hold power. I, I appreciate you being with us this morning. And oftentimes I start out with uh, asking what made you decide to write the book. But if you would, tell us a little bit about yourself, because I think your background is one that may be of interest to folks. Well, Rick, thank you so much for having me. Uh, again, my name is Vince Everett Ellison, and I was born on a cotton plantation in Haywood County, Tennessee. My father was a sharecropper. He aspired and brought us out of poverty. And um, we uh, started a gospel singing group called the you know, Ellison Family, going around the, the country singing gospel music. And after that, I went to college at the University of Memphis. And uh, then I started working in a prison in South Carolina. Mm. And, I, and it was during the 90s when you know, Clinton and Biden crime bill was locking up so many black men all over America. And when I asked the black intelligentsia what was going on, of course, they said evil, rich, white, conservative Republicans hated black people and would lock them up. Of course, me being naive, I, I said, well, really? And I went down into the black community, started a nonprofit. And when I got there, I saw something very interesting. I didn't see any evil, rich, white Republicans anywhere. Hmm. You see a unicorn or a leprechaun before you saw one. But I saw a lot of black Democrats making money after the chaos. And these three entities in particular were, were making a lot of money. Uh, the Most black preachers, most black politicians, and most black civil rights workers. And I wrote my first book about them. I called them the Iron Triangle. And I disclosed that they were conduits between rich white liberals in Manhattan and Los Angeles and poor black people that lived in the ghettos. And these three entities, the black preacher, the black politician, and black, black, and black civil rights worker, their main job was to make sure black people stayed poor, ignorant, and afraid and on the Democrat Party plantation. And so they would vote for the Democrat Party by hooking up a crook. And they'd use any way to do it. They'd intimidate them, street money, ballot harvesting, souls to the foes. And they keep control of the, of, of the black vote for, for, the, for the Democrat Party. So that was my first book, The Iron Triangle. Then uh, Simon Schuster called and I wrote a book called 25 Lies, talking about the Democratic Party's most 25 damnable, seductive lies and how to refute them. That one was a bestseller. And uh, then I did my documentary called Will You Go to Hell for Me? It told Christians that if you vote for the Democratic Party, a party that uh, believes in castrating little boys, called them little girls, abortion up to the ninth month, kicking God out of the public square. And as Christians, voting for that party will send your soul to hell. And so now I have my, my third book. It's called Crime, Inc. And I say that the Democratic Party is an evil institution in the history of the world. That it's not just evil, it's also a criminal institution. And I describe how to use mafia and gangster tactics to gain and hold power. So that's what we're talking about today. My newest book, my newest work. It's called Crime, Inc. And your, your listeners can go on my website, VinceEllison.com. VinceEllison.com. You can look at my trailers. You can, you can look at my books. You can buy everything there. You can read my blogs. And it's very, 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 very entertaining. So go to VinceEllison.com, three E's in the middle, and, and check out what I have. We, we watch, I think most of our listeners recognize what's been going on across the country. And we've heard so much about the crime in blue states versus red states. But I think there's been this evolved and more focused understanding it's counties and cities. Uh, more of a division than it is in, in actual states. I mean, for example, Missouri, uh, St. Louis, uh, certainly one of the more dangerous areas of the country, despite the fact that we are a, quote, red state. But you got a county down there that is uh, is certainly blue. And we watch the crime and we watch it continue to get worse. And we watch what is so predictable and, and, and gets predicted years in advance in terms of being soft on crime and then there's the defund the police movement and all of these things occur 
And I suppose for a lot of people, it's easy to see it as the the folks who are running things, they're moronic or they just uh, campaign on um, sort of these uh, the, the rhetoric that they think is going to get them elected. And that's really their number one goal, not results. But but you see, and this is what you write about, is, is a much more nefarious cause here. And, and I'd like for you to explain that, if you would. Yeah, well, as you can see, they win. This is their template. Um, it's, it's, it's a plantation. The, the more you demoralize the people, the more you humiliate the people, the more you get them addicted to government, you know, you, you, you tell them they're, they're over-framed as America's a racist country. You cannot do well here. You have to take what we give you. Uh, you're hated. You're despised. Uh, uh, um, uh, you need affirmative action. You need handouts because you're inferior. White supremacy, um, systemic racism. And they say this to these people all the time, and they have demoralized them. And the more people they can demoralize, the more, that, uh, 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 the, the more successful they are. And this is what criminals do. They, they go into the, the population and they take advantage of people who are, who, who are demoralized. That's why they um, uh, uh, loan sharking and drugs and prostitution, um, things like that. They go to a demoralized population and they take advantage of them. My first chapter in this book, I talk about how, just like the triads and the mafia and um, uh, uh, MS-13, that this, this faction of the Democratic Party is, is not American-made. Uh, the pre-1960s Democratic Party was a, was a cabal and a rabble of racist, ignorant Klansmen. But this group, after 1972, after the Civil Rights Movement, all the communists from the Civil Rights Movement took over the Democratic Party in 1972, and they made it into this sophisticated criminal organization. And that's when a lot of conservative whites left the Democratic Party. It wasn't because of the Civil Rights Movement. Now, the Civil Rights Movement had happened, and they were still there. They left because the Democratic Party became atheist. It became socialist through, wealth, through, through, through welfare. And it, 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 it became anti-Christian. They started putting LGBTQ and, and, and abortion into it. And the Democrats and the white conservatives left it. It was the smartest thing they ever did. Because if they had not left it, they'd be where black people are right now, at the bottom of every socioeconomic statistic here in America. So my first chapter talks about how the Civil Rights Movement was just a Marxist movement. And how after it was over, all those Marxists jumped to the Democratic Party and took it over. It's a great read. You need to get it and understand it because most people don't understand this as far as our history. It's been hidden. And so then I go into how the Democratic Party, like, like the mafia, makes their money off hits. So the mafia kills people, you know, Bugsy Siegel and, and, and you know, Murder, Inc. They made their money off killing people. Well, the Democratic Party does the same thing through Planned Parenthood. That's their Murder, Inc. Uh, the Democratic Party makes sure that Planned Parenthood gets uh, uh, over $500 million a year. Planned Parenthood goes out and kills children. They get a, between $10,000 and $60,000 every child that they kill. And then they give campaign, campaign contributions back to the Democrat Party. So they make money from killing children, from doing hits. Um, they also use the unions. The mob use the unions for all, all types of money laundering and things like that. Democrat Party does the same thing. The Democrat Party uh, makes sure that teachers get big raises. Teachers give their money to the unions. You give campaign contributions back to the Democrat Party, then the teachers go out, the teachers' unions go out and help the Democrat Party get elected. I talk about how they like the cartels. The cartels have to bring their sex trafficking, their fentanyl trafficking over the southern border. They can get it through the southern border because the Democratic Party refuses to seal the border. So each one of these cartels have K Street lawyers in D.C. 
they pay these lawyers and these lobbyists, they go and they give money to the Democrat Party. And the Democrat Party will not send the National Guard down and seal that border. And this is why you have the sex trafficking, the human trafficking, and the fentanyl trafficking coming across that border. Because the Democratic Party is hand in glove with the cartel. So this is Crime, Inc. It goes, there are 12 chapters that explain how they're exactly like the mafia, the triads, MS-13, the Crips and the Blood. They groom children at an early age. The Crips and the Bloods and the mafia go into the streets, catch them early, bring them up, put them in the mob, put them in the Crips and the Bloods. The Democratic Party uses a public educational system. They groom children to become sex objects, to become um, uh, 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 completely illiterate, so they have to depend on all these government programs to become violent. And so when they send out a, 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 a violent child that's sexually groomed that cannot read or write, the child has to get on government programs, and they're tailor-made for the Democratic Party. They work hand-in-glove. They use the same tactics, whether or not you have to, you know, the mob made the Democrat Party or the Democrat Party made the mob. It does not matter. They are the same entity. And for anybody to vote for this party, you are putting a criminal organization at the head of the American government, and this is why we are having such, so many problems in this country right now. Go get Crime, Inc., Go to VinceEllison.com, three E's in the middle, VinceEllison.com, or go to Amazon.com and buy this book. It'll rock your world. We're talking with Vince Everett Ellison, author of the week, the book again, Crime Inc., How Democrats Employ Mafia and Gangster Tactics to Gain and Hold Power. Uh, just a, a couple questions for you. Uh, one, I'm curious, this message clearly is not the message that the media, that pop culture, that the Democrat Party feeds to the the black population in this country. Do, do you find when you are providing this truth, is there a significant degree of awakening? Is there much pushback in the black community? What What is that reception? They are very receptive. Uh, my movie, um, Will You Go to Hell for Me, was, was shown um, at a black church in Memphis, Tennessee, called World Overcomers. 12,500-member black church, the biggest black church in Memphis. Got a standing ovation at the end. Same movie was so, so showed in Lynchburg, Virginia. They rented out a theater and showed it to about 1,000. It was about 90% white people there. It got a standing ovation there, too. Why? The movie proves that the goal of the Democratic Party is to make sure that black and white Christians are separated and that we're fighting each other. It tells the truth about, about, about Martin Luther King Jr., a truth that most black people and white people do not know. They, they, they didn't know, and people had their phones out checking all of this information because it is so true. They had to check it. They saw it was true. They saw that I was telling the truth when I said that he was after the Montgomery bus boycott. He was recruited by Stanley Levinson. Yeah, the number one communist in America. Bayard Rustin, a black communist, introduced him to him. Stanley Levinson and Bayard Rustin, they were the ones that, that incorporated the SELC, Martin Luther King's organization. Two communists did. Jack O'Dell ran the SELC, handpicked by Stanley Levinson, who was also a communist. He bankrolled it out of Moscow. All this is fact. You can check it, and you'll see that it's true online. They found out that Martin Luther King Jr. was the first recipient of the Margaret Sanger Award in 1966. Yeah, Margaret Sanger, who started the Negro Project in Planned Parenthood, specifically designed to kill black people. He was excommunicated out of the black church in 1961 for trying to turn the National Baptist Convention over to, a bunch of, to, to, to the Marxists and the communists and the civil rights movement. Killed a pastor on the floor in the process, fighting in Kansas City in 1961, and he was subsequently kicked out of the black church, so he started his own religion. And he called it the Progressive National Baptist Convention. And black people thought he was a Baptist preacher. He was not. These are facts. Martin Luther King Jr. was responsible for the man in house clause and welfare. 
Yeah, when the man was kicked out of the house, it wasn't LBJ. It was MLK. All of this is in Crime Inc., and all of this is in my documentary. And when people hear it, they don't get angry. They say, now I understand. Now I understand. This is why my writings are so, are so important and they're so successful, and this is why I'm so dangerous. <clears throat> this is why they're trying to take me out, and I need all of my friends, all my conservative friends, to come to my aid, buy my products, and help me out. Because everybody says, why don't somebody do something? Why don't somebody say something? Why don't somebody get on TV? Well, I do something. I say something. I get on TV. And when they call you homophobes, when they call you racist, when they say you hate black people and you're white supremacists, I'm the one that comes to your defense. They say, no, they're not. Because if you're a Christian, as I am, you, 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 you cannot believe that anybody is superior to you. You cannot be a victim. You cannot be oppressed. Why? Because I'm an heir of Jesus Christ. I cannot be oppressed. I cannot be a victim. So when they come up and start talking that stuff, I'm the one that defends all of my conservative brothers and sisters. When they call black people up and talk, I'm the one that defends them. And I'm on the TV. I'm on the radio. I'm on podcasts. I'm writing every day, defending our point of view, and I need your help. So go to BenTEllison.com, please. And either, it, either, either stream or buy my video or buy some of my books. It'll be greatly appreciated, and it'll help me continue what I'm doing. Uh, and then my final question as we talk with our author, Vince Everett Ellison, the, again, the book, Crime, Inc., How Democrats Employ Mafia and Gangster Tactics to Gain and Hold Power. And uh, you, you touched on it to, to some degree here about conservatives, and there are two political parties, and if people, when it comes to voting, black people in particular, I mean, they've, they've voted overwhelmingly for uh, this this very party, this Crime, Inc. party, and while government isn't the answer to most of our problems, uh, there is an alternative Republican or party, and that's the Republican Party. And in my observation has been largely one in which the Republican Party has just sort of kind of given up, thought, what's the point even trying to speak to the black community? Trump, I, I, I think, did it to some degree. I liked his approach, and that is, what do you have to lose for Pete's sakes? And he, he treated them just like Americans as opposed to black Americans in, in a lot of ways. Um, is there an opportunity for the Republican Party? Are they failing here? What, what's your assessment there? This is going to be done by um, Christian businessmen and women. It's not going to be done by the GOP because they benefit from it. Let me explain. Lee Atwater made a deal in 1992 with the Black Caucuses. He said, if you vote for our redistricting plan, we'll make sure that we never, ever compete in your districts, ever, ever. And so the Black Caucuses always vote with, with, with the Republicans every 10 years when it comes to the redistricting because the Republican Party makes sure they have their majority black districts, they make sure they have their, their, their they, 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 they multiply their ranks in the U.S. Congress. They multiply their ranks in the state houses, but never give them enough to take over the state houses. But they do guarantee their seats in perpetuity. Before this deal, the Democrats had held the House for 44 straight years, 44 straight. After this deal, since for, for the last 30 years, they've only held it for eight years, and they have it right now. So this deal benefits the GOP. And these black caucus people go into the black community and they say the most horrible things about Republicans and the Republican Party will not defend themselves in front of black people. So black people believe these things and they make them believe that conservatives are the most racist, homophobic, most evil people walking the face of the earth. And, and the Republican Party does not defend us. So what do we do? We have to 
go in ourselves. So this is what I do. I don't ask their permission to write my books. I don't ask their permission to do my documentaries. I take my stuff and I take it straight to the people. And this is how it's being changed. It's not being changed because of the GOP. It's being changed because of people like you who will put me on your radio show. It's being changed by people like me who's willing to come on your radio show and talk because people are going to hear this. They're going to try to censor us, but they can't. See, people are going to hear this, and even though your audience might be mostly white and conservative, white conservatives have black friends, and they're going to say, look at Vince Ellison. They're going to say, read Crime, Inc. They're going to say, go to Vince Ellison's website. See, because what, what the Democrats are doing is what Adolf Hitler did when he said, we want to raise a generation of young people devoid of conscience, relentless, impervious, and cruel. And they've done that, and they've done that in the ghettos. That's why you see the snatch, snatch and grabs, and that's why you see the fighting and why you see the violence. But I go back to my Bible when Cain was angry because God had rejected his offering. And God came to Cain and said, Cain, why are you angry? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if not, sin waits at the door to master you, but you must master it. That's the key to it, isn't it? If you do well, you will be accepted. Whether you be Jackie Robinson, whether you be Joe Lewis, whether you be Muhammad Ali, You'll do well in America. People will accept you if you do well. But these the people on the left don't do well. They argue, they fight, envious, hatred. And we have to go around them and the people that benefit from it. So I tell your listeners, they walk up to you and say that you owe them some type of reparations or that you are responsible for their plight in life. You tell them this. You say, you're a slave looking for a master. I refuse to be your master. If you want a master, go to the other side. Because the Democrats are masters looking for slaves. I'll help you exercise your freedom as a free man. Because freedom is an unaidable right given to God, given by God. Cannot be taken away from you. If you want a good preacher, I'll help you find one. If you want a job, I'll help you get one. But short of that, if you come and try to take anything from me or hurt me or mine, I got two things that will get you off of me. That's Jesus and my 38. You better not try me. Our author of the week, Vince Everett Ellison, author of Crime, Inc., How Democrats Employ Mafia, Gangster Tactics to Gain and Hold Power. Thank you so much. Our author of the week, sponsored by ABC Books on North Glenstone, Springfield's Talk 1041. i I'm Nick Reed. You can go your own way. Go First alert forecast. Color 10 Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt, sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks Home Improvements. Sunny high of 69 for the day, mostly clear, 48 for a low tonight. Tomorrow, sunshine with a high of 73. Sarah Myers, everyone. Thank you. Well, if you are out there, you're looking for a reputable gun shop, then look no further than my friends down at Quick Draw Gun. No further. Yes, no further than Monette. Now, I also recommend that if you don't follow Quick Draw Gun in Monette on social media, I recommend that you do so. They do a great job posting whenever they have uh, different sales going on, whenever they do restocks, whenever they have new inventory. And one thing that they are actually pushing right now is they are fully stocked with home defense shotguns. This is something for everyone's budget. So if that is something that you are interested in, highly recommend that you take a trip down to Quick Draw Gun in Monette today. Now, if you're interested in going down there and you're like, I don't know exactly where they're located. I don't know what time they're open. I recommend that you go to ksgf.com, click on the Sarah's endorsements tab. There you will find all of that information plus a little bit more. It's Quick Draw Gun, Monette, ksgf.com, Sarah's endorsements tab. 
Uh, someone, well, a couple of you had texted in our last author of the week asking for the website. Well, for the author uh, uh, is uh, Vince Ellison, and his middle name is Everett. And uh, stupid Bing, I hate Bing more than I think I hate lots of other things. <laughs> it tries to AI me, and it just drives me nuts. Like, well, I've got a good. So the yeah, I got a good recommendation for you. We have an ABC Books Author of the Week section on our website. There you go. Yeah, so just go to ksgf.com, go to that little uh, section, like the pull down section over to the right hand side, and then the latest author of the week interview plus information about the book and where to, you know, get it, which of course ABC Books. Um, but you can find all of that information at ksgf.com. Well, and someone had specifically asked what, because he promoted his website oh, itself, gotcha. and they said that they tried it, but it didn't seem to be working. And I, I, this is what I was trying to look up on Bing, but Bing, they try to auto, I don't Bing. know. I hate it. I hate it. And I, I need to, that's what I've got right now. I just need to switch it. I know it's not that hard, I wish but there in the was midst a good of it. Search engine. But I thought he said it was vinceellison.com because I remember him saying three E's. So I don't know if we, that that's. I'll uh, find it. Yeah, it was Vince E. Ellison something. Anyway, let's see here. Uh, ABC uh, Books, they do have a couple in stock copies of his book. So if you want it today or tomorrow or, you know, right away, you can make your way to ABC Books on North Glenstone. They also obviously can always order for you. And sometimes they're – ABC Books ordering, I know this is something we've talked about in the past. They can actually get it quicker than, than you can by ordering it online. Um, I don't know that that's always the case, but – Point being is, I know a lot of times people think, oh, well, I'll just order it myself. I can get it faster. That's not always the case. And if you want it right away again, that book particular in particular, um, ABC Books does have it in stock. And they do keep – there's an entire section, Author of the Week books. So if you are ever just thinking, I kind of want to browse around, head to ABC Books. It's just – it's south of Kearney a bit, kind of across from where Burger King is next to Andy's there. And uh, you can look through, of course, everything. But there is the Author of the Week section that you can look through and uh, read a book from one of our authors. There you have it, friends. Get a load of this. This article grabbed me, one, because it just, again, shows the destructive nature of government trying to steer private industry. But also yesterday, our lunch bunch at Retro Metro, there was a conversation about electric vehicles. Just the News has a piece about new research that was done specifically regarding Colorado. And the research found that charging electric vehicles will increase Colorado energy bills. Now, that makes sense, right? Supply and demand. The more usage of electricity, the, the, the cost is going to go up. But listen to these numbers. The, a Coloradan's average monthly electric bill will more than quadruple by 2050 if the state requires 80% of all car sales to be electric vehicle in the next decade, according to new research. A 34-page report, and this is something we're seeing in numerous different states. Of course, California is a state, and they are essentially, 
Well, it's fascism is what it is. Fascism is when the government allows private industry to own business, people to own businesses, but then they tell you, here's how you're going to run it. This is what you can sell. This is what you can't sell. This is for how much. It's fascism. Government allowing you to own the business, but they're going to step in and ultimately tell you how to run it. A 34-page report titled Colorado's Energy Future, the High Cost of 100% Electric Vehicles, is the third of three reports by the Independence Institute and the center of the American experiment on the state's energy status. The report noted that if the state completes a plan by Colorado Democratic Governor Jared Polis to convert to 100% renewable energy, all-electric residential space heating and light-duty transportation, Coloradoans will pay $695.3 billion through 60, or 2050. The report states... So that, that's a big number, right? But what does that mean to the individual person and their monthly electric bill? Quote, this would result in the typical Colorado ratepayer paying an average monthly electric bill of $907 through 2050, which is up from just 180 in 2021. See, average monthly electric bill, $907. Up from 180. That's almost as much as my mortgage. That is, in, this is. That is insane. It is insane, but it doesn't matter to them. The uber wealthy can afford to be liberal. I have said it before, and we consistently see this demonstrated. Why do you think it is that so many celebrities, particularly Hollywood celebrities, are so gung ho about? progressive legislation all of the green energy stuff the electric vehicles they love it they tout it they you know they, they can afford this stuff if their electric electric bill goes up leonardo dicaprio's electric bill goes up to uh, you know almost a thousand dollars a month you think that matt do you think he even knows that do you think he has any clue the these extreme left-wing activists that are, and they don't have to be Hollywood necessarily, but the Bill Gates and the, the you know, the Bezos, and you just go down the list of these extremely wealthy people on the left. Do you think they even know how much their electric bill is? Do you think they sit down like you and get online and make that payment every month? Of course they don't. And even if they do, it's nothing to them. But when you're talking about people that are subject to the, dem the, the economic policies of the current Democrat Party, in which inflation is already an issue, in which people are literally scaling back food that they buy, they're having to make decisions. All right, what do we lose? What do we cut out here? And then you're going to take an electric bill. That is on average right now, and this again is specifically an evaluation of Colorado, an electric bill that's $180 a month and skyrocketed to almost a $907 a month by 2050. Now, the report also suggests that a transition to a lower cost decarbonization, decarbonization with nuclear energy 
would reduce the cost to approximately $209.4 billion through 2015, an average monthly cost of 270 for Colorado residents. But, of course, they won't go that route because the left has just determined in their mind, due to experts, that it is extremely dangerous. And, and, and so we can't go that route. The high cost of energy are related to, quote, the need to massively and rapidly overbuild new wind and solar facilities to bolster the grid and ensure enough generation to support electric home heating and sufficient charging for vehicles, according to the report. New transmission lines to move power and ensure reliability with large quantity of battery storage will increase costs. Now, this is an important element uh, to this equation as well, because one of the things that they will claim on the left when you note how much more expensive it will be they'll say well that's why it is that we have to build more of these uh, these green energy infrastructures but that is part of the reason that it costs so much so their solution is the problem their cure is the poison and this again is before us, an example of what this world has seen over and over and over again whenever socialism or communism or Marxism or fascism is put in place in terms of what it does to an economy. It destroys it. What it does to industry, it destroys it. And they all destroy them because they are all based on the idea that in some capacity or to ultimately, government should be the one deciding how businesses are run. Government should be deciding how much people get paid. Government should be deciding what sort of product that you can produce and how much of it you can produce and how much is too much to make and all these things that we constantly hear the left talk about and signal as if it's some sort of virtuous goal. But what happens is you end up, when you take that approach, with industries that collapse on themselves. Prior to Castro coming into Cuba, it had a lot of real thriving industry. Venezuela is another example. Venezuela prior to it becoming socialist, was the the golden child of that part of the world. In South America, you're talking about Venezuela, it being a, a it was a vacation destination. People from all over the world went to visit there because it was thriving. It was the bright spot. But then you get somebody that comes in charge and they're like, no, you know what? There's too much inequity here. We need government to level the playing field. And we're going to do that by telling these industries how it is that they are going to run their industry. And we've seen what they did with the energy industry. We've seen what they've done with numerous in industries. Cuba is another example. Cuba had a thriving economy. Then people get in charge, and, and Che Guevara was put in charge of much of this in terms of the economy and just went around and determined which factories were unfair, which corporations had fat cats. It was unfair, all in the name of equity, and they just destroyed everything. Arguably, people are more equitable, but it ain't a good equity. It's called poverty. This is not a new concept. This has been done over and over and over again, and everywhere it's been done, it has destroyed industries. 
the in-between is the creation unnecessarily of products that become so expensive only the really wealthy can afford them. That's how you end up with countries in which you see the really, really, really wealthy and they have their expensive cars and everyone else has cars that have hundreds of thousands of miles on them and they are duct taped together and you it's not uncommon to see cars just on the side of the road or with the hoods up and you know they're still old enough that people can try and work on them on their own and it's because there is no middle room there. There is no affordability for a middle class that increasingly ceases to exist so you have only the really wealthy and you have only the really poor. And we're watching it, you know, the, the exact same pattern repeat itself when it comes to the auto industry and what the, the Biden administration is doing to it with this push and these mandates. And uh, when it comes to telling the vehicle industry, these are the kind of cars that you're going to build, whether you like it or not, and telling the American people, these are the types of cars you're going to buy, whether you like it or not. And that's why we're headed on the same path. Every other country and every other top-down government-controlling industry regime has ever resulted in. And we're just we're living it now. We are ignoring the warnings of history. Springfield's Talk 104.1. I'm Nick Reese. Got Sarah Myers here. Thank you. The Avis Car Rental Company and their long-term rental program. I was speaking to Andy over at Avis a couple weeks ago, and she was mentioning a couple of new items that they have that you can get for the long-term rental program, one of which was their Ford cargo vans, which would make a great addition if you are a business owner looking to add to your fleet of vehicles. In fact, she mentioned to me that an HVAC business, I believe the owner of that business is a listener so that was kind of interesting and then she also mentioned that they have their Ford F-250s and it's like a top trim uh, tier package that you can get so if you are interested in either of those highly recommend that you reach out to Avis the car rental company and of course if you want more information on the long-term rental program it is great if you are looking uh, to purchase a vehicle soon and you want to do a little bit longer test drive before you make that commitment or maybe you are a person who likes to lease your vehicles but you're wanting more flexibility the long-term rental program may be a great option for you so if you want more information about that program i highly recommend that you head over to the avis store it's located off of fort and sunshine and you can speak to lauren and of course you can find all of the contact information for avis under the sarah's endorsements tab at ksgf.com Biden is expected to address the nation from the Oval Office about the wars in Ukraine and Israel. I can't wait to be inspired. Right, yeah, I know. It's going to be late for him. It's going to be, what, 7 our time tonight? Yeah, that will be late for him. He's going to have to take a nap, get some ice cream in his system. Yeah, he's napping now. I bet they put ice cream in through an IV. Oh, they probably do. Well, obviously, it's going to be a prepare. I, I imagine it's going to be very short in order to diminish the amount of time he has to F things up. Uh, he's going to have it all right in front of him, but we've seen that that doesn't necessarily always matter. Can you imagine the if something goes wrong with the teleprompter? I mean, really, because that does happen. What is, what is that movie? Is it Anchorman? Oh, where he reads exactly. Uh-huh. Somebody's screwing with him, and they put all yeah, the, just yeah, a bunch just, of yeah, yeah, 
That would be hilarious. There's a story. I think George Stephanopoulos wrote about it in his in one of his books. He I don't know. Maybe only as one. I, I read one of his books. It was after he after he was out of the Clinton administration, and it was largely about his time in the Clinton administration. And there was a State of the I believe it was a State of the Union uh, address that that Clinton was giving. And there was some last-minute changes that were made to the address, which, of course, they have to. Now, I'm sure this is much easier to do today just with the advancement of technology. But, you know, then there was they, they loaded it in somehow. I don't know if it was uploaded to a computer and then that the computer would then – um, it, you know, is is from where the teleprompter, if you will, would draw from it. And there, I don't think they're called teleprompters, but at the State of the Union addresses like that, there are these. You may have seen them; they're on poles, and it just looks like a piece of plexiglass. Uh, that's what the words are on that that scroll up. Well, there were some last minute changes that required them at the last minute. I think it was as Clinton's coming in and he's shaking hands and everyone's reaching over each other and they're all, you know, applauding him and it's the president. And 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 as that's happening, they're they're trying to get the new script uploaded. And he gets up there to start and he opens up and something happens. It either isn't ready or it freezes up. And so here he is, of course, it's televised, the nation's watching, and he had to figure out what to do. And there had, I believe, there was a some sort of train accident that had occurred. And I think there were a number of people who had died in the train accident. And so Clinton, thinking on his feet, called for a moment of silence <laughs> for the victims of this, this, again, I think it was a train accident, in order to buy time. And, uh, you know, I don't know if he kind of just kept one eye slightly open to see whenever it got filled. But, you know, it was smart. It was quick thinking on his feet. Uh, Biden would not do that. I don't know what Biden would do, <laughs> but it would not be nearly as smooth as that. And nobody even knew that it happened. No, no one other than the people who were responsible for getting that State of the Union address uploaded and Clinton himself obviously knew about it at the time, but he was so on his feet and so quick uh, <laughs> with it that uh, you know no one even knew. And uh, yeah, what a difference the Democrats have made in terms of those that they offer up for the presidency. Springfield's talk 104. What? Well, incidentally, so he's going to be speaking. It's from the uh, Oval Office. Uh, it's going to be during Mark Levin. I'm sure Mark Levin will be carrying that. I imagine that it will probably, like I said, be short. Here's the thing that I suspect is going to be occurring here, and we don't know for sure, but to some degree, there has been increased recognition that the that the Biden administration in an effort to continue to use U.S. tax dollars to fund Zelensky for anything he wants without any oversight or any question, are going to tie any sort of funding for Israel and their fight to it. So in other words, refuse, because there are numerous Republicans that want some form of financial oversight, at the very least when it comes to Ukraine. The Biden administration does not want that, and so they are going to leverage the war in Israel, essentially trying to tie the two together by claiming that it's all part of the same problem, instability in the world. We have a responsibility, and so we need to deal with it all at once sort of presentation and make it seem reasonable that they will not allow for funding for Israel unless Republicans allow a blank check to Ukraine. Great escape.
open, um, over halfway sold, I can tell you that. That was as of yesterday morning. Though our lunch bunch, I think that we recruited some new Great Escape travelers with us. So we're probably getting pretty close to where it may be getting close to the eventual selling out. Uh, to get signed up, all the details at ksgf.com for the 2024 Great Escape. Punta Cana, Dominican Republic. Also, coming up on Saturday, November 4th, 1 o'clock, I have an Alamo Draft House Theater. Going to do a private screening of one of my favorite movies, The Burbs. And you can join me, but you got to get registered to win your tickets by going to ksgf.com. See you tomorrow at Scramblers. I'm Nick Reed. <laughs>